0: So saints, we have been in a sermon series called "The Chosen." Praise God! And the Chosen is a new series that has been. Um, it has its own site. You all can see it in the book, bu- in the bulletin, and it is um, completely paid for by the generosity of people. This is not through a Netflix or a Hulu subscription. This movie series is completely by the generosity of believers and is telling the story of Jesus in such a unique and different way. So I encourage you all, if you haven't done so, download the app. Go on to our our website, New Life at Calvary, and you can see all the videos. And please join in a Bible study class. Saints, let's go right on ahead into prayer. Gracious God, you are so kind and so loving, and we know, Lord, that it is because of you that we can even say we have a story, Lord Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, that our story is your story, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will continue to anoint us and bless us and magnify, Lord, and help us to see our direction, our order, Lord Jesus, in you. And we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all your people said, amen and amen. Praise God. Praise, praise God. So the chosen. Today we're going to be talking about part five, the wedding gift. How many of y'all like getting gifts? Who who don't like getting good gifts? (laughs) Well, whenever you get a gift, you just bring it to my house. <laughs> so I like to read like those Dear Abby columns. Do y'all like reading Dear Abby? Dear Ann? It's a whole bunch of them now. It used to be only one, but I love reading those, uh, those columns. They, they always present a dilemma. So I'm going to give you all the d- a dilemma today, and you are going to help me to solve the dilemma. So it's a younger brother and an older brother. The older brother is turning 18 years old. Who had a big party when they turned 18? Okay, none of us. Okay, two of us. <laughs> Most of us didn't have very many birthday parties, right? Money was sparse. So if you got a party, it was a good, a good day. But the, uh, the older brother is turning 18. And his parents go all out, y'all. They, they give him a big birthday party. I mean, the balloons, the cake, the food. They invite hundreds of people to come to the birthday party. It is a big affair. And at the end of the birthday party, the brother gets a brand new car. That's a good birthday party, ain't it? (laughs) He get a brand new car. So the younger brother is watching. He like a couple years behind. So he thinks about all the things his older brother has done to earn his birthday party. Good grades, good attitude, chores, always helpful to the parents. So the younger brother decides he's going to model himself after his older brother, and he's going to kick in a couple extras, some brownie points. So he makes sure he has the top best grades. He makes sure he gives his parents a good attitude. He makes sure he does all of his chores and then some. Then he also goes and volunteers at the local vet to make sure he gets some extra brownie points with his parents. He is waiting and waiting and waiting. His birthday comes. They got the big party. They got all the food, the cake, the balloons, the people show up. And the younger brother is like, I know this is it. He is waiting for that car. He is waiting. He is waiting. And the party begins to come to an end. He's looking out the window. He's looking around, looking for some keys. Finally, he realizes there is no car. (laughs) He doesn't get angry though, he pauses. He sees his parents go in the kitchen and he says, "Um, Did y'all forget something? (laughs) You know, um, Big Brother over there, when it was his 18th birthday and he had done all the things I've done, he got a car. And the parents looked at him and said, You're not getting no car. (laughs) So he didn't get the car. He didn't even get upset. His grandmother, who had been listening to the conversation, she got upset. She came in the kitchen and said, yeah, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all didn't get him no car. So his question was, am I in the wrong for thinking my parents should have got me the same gift that they got my brother? What do you all think? Should they have gotten him a car? maybe maybe bigger than a car <laughs> they might not been able to afford it maybe they didn't think he was ready to drive a car maybe the maybe they realized the insurance payments was a lot what you going to say Karen right Oh, Karen. Karen must have had some some interesting experiences with her children. Longevity. You can't wait till you're 16 to start acting right. (laughs) Then expect the one that's been acting right all 18 years that you're going to get the same thing, right? (laughs) But in fairness, should the parents have gotten a car? Yes? No? Y'all are really divided. (laughs) Y'all are really divided about this issue. It is very hard to be a parent, isn't it? Because some things you want to be able to get special and unique for one kid, and it doesn't mean you don't love the other kid. You just want to bless them in a different way, amen? So the boy eventually did get the car. Not because of his yelling, but because of grandmama's yelling. (laughs) but when he got the car his parent he said that his parents just basically threw the keys at him and then they really didn't talk much about it after that and so he felt real guilty like he had guilted them into the car and so I wondered why are gifts so important why do you all think gifts are so important Because we don't deserve them. Say that again, Marvin. Undeserving. Sometimes we deserve, sometimes we get a gift even if we don't deserve it. Why else are gifts important? Because they show us that somebody cares about us, right? We feel what when we get a gift? Loved appreciated, respected, valued, right? I'm just putting hints out for Mother's Day. (laughs) Just, you know, (laughs) in case anybody might be listening. (laughs) But gifts are a way of showing people that we care about them, right? The problem is that... I may give you a gift and it's a small gift but I really am trying to show you that I love you and that I care about you and when you get the gift you see the gift and look like this it? (laughs) Sometimes the size of the gift doesn't equate to the size of the love right? (laughs) back in the day in the ancient of days people like to go to parties And receive gifts just like we do today, right? How many of you all like going to a good party? How many of you have had parties interrupted because of COVID-19? Many of us, right? I still remember looking at my poor baby's eyes. She just cried and cried and cried and cried. Because she was one of the young people who remembered that her older brothers and sisters had had nice graduation parties. And she was waiting, y'all. She was planning and waiting and planning and waiting and then 2021 happened. No graduations, no parties. She was just devastated. But people back in the day like going to a good party just like we like going to a good party. And back in the day, they didn't necessarily celebrate birthdays like we celebrate birthdays and now it's so many different things people celebrate. Like I am still trying to wrap my mind around the the gender reveal parties. Anybody with me on that one? I mean, I like them and everything, but that's brand new. Brand new. We ain't using no gender reveal parties. You baby, you barely got a baby shower, amen. But now things are new. So back in the day, the primary way to celebrate and go to a party was go to a wedding. When was the last time y'all went to a wedding? Jessica and Nick, amen. It's been a while, isn't it? It's been a long time. But we love going to weddings. When we get invited to a wedding, we decide what we going to wear. We go get our hair done. We think, can we bring our plus one? We want to go to weddings. Back in the day, the wedding was the biggest event in some communities and some families. So you had to be very careful. Tell your neighbor, be careful. You see, because you can show a sign of dishonor or a sign of disrespect in certain ways. If you were the host, you had to make sure you had all the food ready. And you couldn't just have any old kind of food. You had to have a nice food. Y'all know, y'all remember when the guests came over, family was coming. You put out the nice food. You put out the nice plates. The nice linen, right? So you had to have the nice food. You also had to have some good drinks. That means some wine, Amen. <laughs> You had to have some good wine to go to your guests. And if you didn't have good wine and good drinks, it was a lack of hospitality and you were seen as a failure. It was horrible if you didn't have exactly what you needed. There was another sign to show disrespect and this one surprised me. I understood the way that you could be shown as disrespectful by not having the food and the drink, but if you were the guest and you didn't bring the right gift, that was also a, sh- a sign of disrespect. Way back in the day, you all, if you didn't bring a gift equivalent with what the host had provided in food and drinks, you could be taken to court. I know, shocked me too. How many of us run the CVS and Rite a right before the wedding? And grab that card and shove it in the bag and say, You know, I really don't like to rap. <laughs> we try to, you know, get that gift card real fast. <laughs> but the gift was a sign of love and respect. And so if you fail to provide the appropriate gift, you could be hauled off into court later on. <laughs> We love these parties and we love providing food and and drinks and fellowship and gifts for people. But how many of us know most of the time we don't have no money for no parties. All right, we don't have to be ashamed of it. <laughs> Sometimes those parties cost a lot of money, right? Have you ever spent more than you really could afford? Anybody ever spent more money on anything? The party, the car, the house, the clothes, the shoes? You know you didn't have that money, but you spent it anyway. You spent more than you could afford. Why do we spend more than we can afford? Why do we do that? We try to do what, Mary? Mary? You're trying to make things special and nice. I heard somebody say, you're showing out. You, you want to be embarrassed. You're trying to impress somebody, right? Why else do we spend more than we have? Sometimes to show love. Thank you, David. You want somebody, you think if I get the biggest and the best, this is going to show you how much I love you. What about keeping up with the Joneses? She said that. <laughs> Some of us, when we spend, we feel a sense of power. We feel a sense of gratification. And we want to maintain a certain lifestyle. Anybody is the maintainers? Your hair ain't never out of place. You always got on a new suit and new shoes. Got you a new tie every time you come to church. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop talking about y'all. a lot of times we spend and we don't even think about this but it was because we were poor as children when you didn't have money as a child when you didn't have enough food as a child when your shoes had holes in them as children and you finally get that paycheck you want to spend some money don't you you want to stop feeling poor all the time So we keep spending and spending and spending more than we have. Back in the Bible, guess what? Some of the people could have the same problem. In the scripture that was read today in our New Testament, it talks about Jesus attending a wedding at Cana. And this was a big wedding. Tell your neighbor it was a big wedding. The host of the wedding had the same problem. You see, back in the day when it was a wedding, there was not much else to do. So you can guarantee the whole neighborhood was going to show up at your wedding, whether they was invited or not. Y'all ever had that party? You know you can only have 50 guests and such and such called. Well, can I just bring? No, you can't just bring. <laughs> I can only get 50 people in the room. <laughs> That's been real hard during COVID, hasn't it? But you see, they knew a lot of people was going to show up, but they only had a certain amount of money. Now, they could have went and borrowed from such and such and borrowed from this one over there. How many of us do that, too? We call our friends, can I, can I get $20 to paycheck? I'll give it back. <laughs> you know you ain't giving it back. <laughs> So, this couple only had a certain amount of money. And so they did something very important. You see, one of the reasons that we sometimes spend more than what we have is because we don't trust God to provide for us. That's the deeper reason. We think we have to provide for ourselves. And so I got to get this, and I got to have this, and and we don't trust that God is going to make sure we have everything, say everything, everything that we need. So this couple decides to take a step of faith. They don't overspend. They spend exactly the amount that they are supposed to spend. And so we're at this wedding at Cana, and the guests are all having a great time, and and they're drinking the wine. They're having a good time. they drinking all the wine. <laughs> you see, back now, wine can be looked at as a disgusting thing because we all know about, you know, the problems that come from drinking, right? But you see, at this time, wine was a symbol of joy. You were encouraged to drink as much wine as you want to drink. Some people are like, can I go back there to... Can I just go back? <laughs> I can drink as much as I want to drink. So they were encouraged to drink because wine was a symbol of joy. And so they at this wedding and they throw them back. They are drinking all the wine. The people behind the scenes are starting to have a little trouble. They're realizing it's a problem. Many of you are the ones that always are the one behind the scenes. Who are my behind the scenes people? You know, cause you always in the kitchen. You not in a party dancing. You not drinking. You at the barbecue grill making the steaks. You, you miss half the party cause you cooking, you cleaning, you organizing. So the people that was behind the scenes at the wedding were realizing we are running low on wine and we don't have no more money. They have a big problem, don't they? Now, they could have panicked. They could have ran down the street asking all the neighbors, can I have your wine? Can Please, can I get some more wine? They could have went to the local ancient, you know, credit union and asked for some credit. <laughs> but something special was happening. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is on the scene. And she is watching. She sees what is happening. She knows the wine is going low. And this is a big sign of disrespect. You see, Mary knew something everybody else in the room didn't know. Have you ever had that situation when you knew something that everybody else didn't know? You understood something that no one else knew but you. Mary knew something that everybody else didn't know. Ask your neighbor, what did Mary know? (laughs) I love y'all. I love (laughs) y'all. She knew Jesus was there. She knew God. She knew the Lord. And she knew something about trust. You see Mary remember way back when the Holy Spirit had come upon her and told her she was going to have this special son. And she began her trust walk way back, say way back when she first encountered God. She always knew there was something special about her son. I wish all of us could see that there's something special about our children, our sons and our daughters. Sometimes we criticize them, we put them down, we tell them everything that's wrong with them. But if we would only know something that the world doesn't know, that our children are special, that our children are created by God. And Mary knew something special about her son, and she trusted in God. You see, at this wedding, a miracle was about to take place. The very first miracle of Jesus was about to take place. And the first thing that was happening with this miracle was it was establishing that Jesus was about to be something different than anybody had ever seen. It was like that introduction Hello, world, I'm here. I'm here. Jesus was on the scene and Mary knew about it. She understood. She may not have known exactly what he was going to do, but she knew something was going to happen that day. What happened that day eventually? I know we're getting to the end. Don't y'all hate when people give you the punchline and tell you the end of the movie before you got to the end of the movie? (laughs) Well, we're going to tell the end of the movie before we get to the end of the movie. Anybody know what happened? The water is going to get turned into wine. But you see, I want us to, I'm giving the end of the movie because I want us to go way, 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 way back to the first miracle of Moses in our Old Testament today. You see, way before Mary came on the scene, there was Moses. And Moses was given a job to go before Pharaoh and say what? Oh y'all so good say it again let, let my people go now Moses was a little scary wasn't he he knew Pharaoh could kill him Pharaoh could have him thrown into jail Pharaoh could demolish everything in Moses little life and God was asking him to go before the most powerful man in the world and say what let my people go So Moses had to develop a level of trust, a level of trust in God, that what God said God was going to do, God was going to do it. So the first plague, or really Moses' first miracle, because I know it was a miracle to him, God tells him to get your staff, and I want you to go and hit it against the the water in the Nile River. Now, how many of you all would have got that stick? Anybody? One person back in the back of us would have stood there wait Lord how is this gonna happen when when you give me the staff I'm gonna take it do I do I swing from the left or do I swing from the right and you know what's in the staff should we open it and see what's inside you know what's gonna make the water turn into blood how exactly is this gonna work anybody ever ask God questions like that because we too busy trying to figure things out instead of trusting But you see, the relationship of turning the water into blood and then turning the water into wine, the relationship is showing, hey, God is on the scene. Hello, y'all, I'm here. Change is about to come. And so this is what's happening. Transformation is taking place. Not just in the material things of water, but in people. Transformation is about to come. That transformation is dependent, say dependent, on trust. Moses had to trust. Mary had to trust. The disciples had to trust. So here we are. Let's get back to the party, y'all. Act like y'all don't know what's about to happen at the end. (laughs) The people are... In the back, trying to figure out where this wine is going to happen. Mary goes over to Jesus, her son. And she says, they have no more wine. They have no more wine. Notice she didn't ask a question. She didn't say, did you know they didn't have no more wine? She didn't say, what you going to do about it? They don't have no more wine. She just said, they have no more wine. She made a statement. Think about back with Moses. God told him to go to Pharaoh. He didn't say, are you going to go to Pharaoh? Can you go to Pharaoh? He said, go to Pharaoh. So here Mary is talking to Jesus. She says, they have no more wine. So Jesus has his comeback, of course. Why do you involve me? But he didn't just say, why do you involve me? He says, woman, why do you involve me? This is the first time really Jesus isn't referring to Mary as mother. He didn't say, mother, why do you involve me? He says, woman. And it can kind of read as a negative. Woman, why are you involving me? But in actuality, when I read up on it, It's a sign of endearment. He's like, my lady, my lady, why do you involve me? And then he tells her, my hour has not yet come. And his mother, this is the fascinating part, because when we hear Jesus saying, it's not time yet, we go ahead and we try to solve the problem on our own, don't we? We tried to figure things out. Mary could have said, okay, I guess I got to go in the back and figure things out all by myself. She didn't go in the back. This is what his mother did. His mother went to the service and said, do whatever he tells you. What? If I'm Jesus, I'm like, how dare you? (laughs) She goes to the service like, Don't, don't listen to whatever he just said now. (laughs) Do whatever he tells you to do. And so right then and there, the servants are instructed by Jesus to fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. What'd you say, Marvin? (laughs) You think Mary wanted some wine too? She might (laughs) have. All us mothers need a wine day, Marvin. <laughs> but she may have. But here it is. Jesus tells the servants, notice the servants don't, don't look in the, in the jars. They don't try to figure out what's about to happen. They don't think, do we need special water? They are obedient. And they put the water in the jars say sometimes we got to reevaluate how much we trust Jesus Mary had this conversation she asked she told him she didn't even make a question about it she told him the need and then Jesus responded and she walked away trusting that God was going to provide for her Do you trust that Jesus is going to provide for you today? Jesus already knows you have a need. He knows your bank account is low. He knows your situation with your food. He knows the situation with your health, with your marriage, with your children. He knows all of our needs before we even know our needs. A delay is not the same as a denial. A delay is not the same as a denial. Sometimes Jesus tells us to wait. Tell your neighbor you got to wait. We have to wait sometimes. But when we have to wait, it doesn't mean that Jesus has some kind of way become absent. Jesus is always present. Tell your neighbor Jesus is there. Think about it. Jesus was present during the oppression of the Israelites when they were in Egypt. He was present. He was present even at the wedding celebration. He is there in the good times. He is there in the bad times. He is there for the highs. He is there for the lows. He is there when things are scary. He is there when things are fun. Jesus is always present. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is capable of doing everything we need. But we got to trust that. You see, Jesus has told us everything that's going to happen in the world. Everything. Even now with our world being at a war, the Bible had already said what? There will be wars and rumors of wars. Mary knew because God had told her what was about to happen. She knew there was something about her son that was going to change the entire world. Jesus has already prepared us for what's going to happen in our lives. How many of you know it's going to be a lot of bad days? How many of you know it's going to be some good days? What's that song people sing at the end of their lives? My good days and I won't say it one more time. My good days and I won't complain. Why don't we complain? Jesus. Jesus. At that wedding, saints, when the wine, the water was still in those jugs, and I don't even know Jesus, I don't know if he touched it, I don't know if he looked at it, I don't know if he blinked, but I do know when they started pouring it out in those glasses, it was wine. It was wine. And then one of the people at the party who was drinking the wine, he says this, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Think about our lives. We think we have had some hard times and some situations. We think God is not blessing us, but God is saving the best. The best. The very best to last. The very best of eternity to last. Why does the Lord save the very best for last, saints? Well, you got to come back next week to find out. <laughs> We're going to be talking about indescribable compassion indescribable compassion saints. You all are so much fun. I love, love, love talking to you all. (laughs) Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you, that we can believe in your word for our lives, that we know, Lord, if you say it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and we can trust in you, Lord, Help us during those dark days when we're questioning, when we're doubting, when we're not sure, Lord Jesus, what to do. Help us to be obedient to you at all places and all circumstances. And we love you, Lord, and we're so grateful. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and all your people said amen and amen.